What is happening, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 66 of RizzoCast. I'm Stephen Rizzotto, along with Jasper Lindsay. Jasper, we are recording this on a Saturday, a week to kind of digest what's going on around the baseball world. What's going on with you? How was your week? Pretty good. Watched a lot of baseball, watched a lot of basketball. I mean, it's just one of those great times where you got some summer sports. There's always something on TV. Yeah, just the sun's out, the drinks are cold, and it's just a great time to be alive right now. Yes, the sun is out in the Bay Area. Um, I mean, it, it, this is always a cool time in baseball because I feel like everybody's kind of all over the All-Star game, and we're getting ready for that. You know, Teams are starting to either be real or flukes we kind of have the ability to determine that now uh, but there's definitely a lot to talk about uh, and what we talked about last podcast last banter show that we did we talked about the substances that were getting cracked down on that pitchers you know can't use anymore they can't use the rosin with the sunscreen they can't use spider tack and of course i don't think any of them have really used pine tar because that's pretty obvious uh where you could see it but yeah that ended up happening. That's been in play here this week. The first week of checks happened. And basically what happens is when the pitcher gets out of the inning, they walk off the field. And I believe twice a game for starting pitchers, they walk into a checkup by umpires before they enter into the dugout in between innings. So it doesn't waste any time. Uh, and, you know, it looked like it was going pretty well. Uh, I think the first night we saw it, Jacob deGrom, I believe, was the first pitcher to get checked. They looked at his belt. He took his hat off. They get, he gave him his glove. Everything looked like it was going well. And then Max Scherzer happened. <laughs> and yep. Max Scherzer, um, you know, he, he was checked twice. And then Joe Girardi decided with runners at the corners to check him a third time because Joe Girardi said he was, you know, kind of, going and touching his hair quite a bit and touching his head, which is interesting. And Joe Girardi apparently has a reputation for this kind of stuff. But what did you think about this? Like, I mean, for me, I don't like it in terms of Girardi checking him a third time. Um, we'll get into kind of the overall how it's been going for for a lot of these pitchers. But what do you think about that? the whole uh, Scherzer situation there? I mean, it's it's just classic Joe Girardi, right? I mean, this kind of seems like Joe Girardi forgot he was coaching the Phillies and kind of went back to his Yankee days for a second, like in those early 2010s. Um, so that's really what it felt like, just classic Joe Girardi. But I mean, Max Scherzer has a right to be upset. I mean, pitching is all about rhythm. And when you have people coming out and checking your glove, kind of getting you out of that rhythm, it's a new part of the routine that you're just not used to yet. And I think Max Scherzer, especially as a guy, like he's a Cy Young award winner i mean he is all about his routine he's all about excellence and when you throw a guy out of his routine yeah he's gonna get a little pissed off man i mean what do you can you expect yeah and i and i don't get i can't get mad at him for and i can't get mad at any of these pitchers for having a problem with this whole substance check uh for one the baseballs are too slick i know we talked about this last week and grip is needed uh i think that will come via a universal substance uh, that we'll have to get agreed upon maybe in this next CBA. And I think it's kind of interesting that they did this midway through, almost midway through 2021. Um, as for Girardi, I mean, yeah, again, he's always been kind of a fiery personality in baseball. And Max Scherzer, I, I just think it was disrespect. I really do think absolutely. it was a coward no, no, move. This was absolutely disrespect. This was 
trying to get a little competitive advantage through a new rule. I mean, Joe Girardi is all about the loopholes, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. And Scherzer's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. You mentioned the Cy Youngs. And I, I just think that it was Scherzer had the right to act like he did in that situation. Uh, Joe Girardi even trying to fight his old hitting coach in New York, Kevin Long, uh, and tried to challenge him to come out to the field, which, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't look good on Joe Girardi's part, automatically ejected because of that. Um, and Sergio Romo, on the other hand, pulled down his pants and threw his hat down, completely took off his belt, whipped that away. I mean, these guys are having fun with it. I think Johnny Cueto kind of put his hands up when, when he got checked. They're having fun with it, which is good. But w- nobody's going to get caught. Okay? Yeah, no, exactly. like They're not going to find anything. Like they Just based on the way they're looking at these guys. I mean, where would substances even be hidden? Like where were they hidden before? Oh, like glove. belt? It was probably the glove and the hat. I mean, you see guys who go and run their hands through their hair in between innings. And I mean, hey, maybe hair gel is going to be considered a sticky, sticky substance pretty soon. I know Garrett Cole's big on his hair products, but yeah, I mean, you could clearly tell when guys were doing something weird with their glove or something weird with their hat that they must have something on them. And I think the only guy who's just really bad at hiding it was always Michael Pineda because he, I think he got caught with sticky substances the most out of any pitcher I've ever seen. Yeah, he had it on his hand, then he had it on his neck. Um, Wonder where Mike, Michael Pineda is. I think he's with the Twins, right? Yeah, he's somewhere. He's with the Twins. He's I mean, somewhere in the league. They're not really doing too well this season, so it's probably no surprise we're not hearing Michael Pineda's name called that much. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, just to wrap the sticky substances up here, um, it's some. It's a storyline we're going to keep following for sure. Um, the one thing that gets me about it is is you know that there's there's the steroid era. And I think this is not at the the height of what the steroid era was, but this is a pretty big deal. And I think we're going to start to see some offense heat up just a little bit, but I would be legitimately shocked if they got anybody during these checks, legitimately shocked. You'd have to be such an idiot to have like spider tack on your belt. Like who would do that when they're checking you like multiple times during a game? I feel like we could see Trevor Bauer do it just to make a point, just because that's kind of a Trevor Bauer move to do, but I don't know. <laughs> just have spider tack, like just, or just put a big brown spot of pine tar in your hat. I mean, Yo, can you imagine? Like, he'll probably try and do something with his cleats. I don't know. That's kind of Trevor's move. Troll. Uh, you but yeah, reach, I, down, reach down at your cleats every pitch. <laughs> hey, if you can find out a way to make cleats out of spider tack, I'd love to see it. No, that would be pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, give it three weeks, and I think these checks are going to go out of the window, and you won't see them anymore. That might be a hot take. Um, speaking of uh, Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer's teammate right now, Kyle Schwarber, uh, is is on a pretty historic pace right now. He is on a tear, and uh, he's, I think he hit another home run yesterday, or we're recording this on Saturday, but uh, he's atop the home run leaderboard. He got the, He got up there pretty quickly. He now has 22 this season. Uh, and, you know, if you look at his last week or so, I believe he's had like nine of them in the last week. So he's had nine homers in seven games. I mean, yeah. this guy's tearing the cover off the baseball. And you texted me and you said, midweek, you said, is Kyle Schwarber back? And I said, well, did, was he ever here? 
And then you mentioned the home run in Chicago in, in the postseason. But Kyle Schwarber's on a tear, Jasper. Yeah. And I think, listen, the biggest thing for me about Kyle Schwarber's tear, I mean, first of all, we have to mention that it's just surprising to hear a story coming out of Washington that isn't about pitching for once. I mean, mm-hmm. their hitting has always been eh, kind of mid. I mean, Bryce Harper and Juan Soto have always been the big boppers in those lineups, but you never really hear about anything else. But the thing for me about Kyle Schwarber, it's not just the home runs, but he's batting 245. And that was always the knock on Kyle. He couldn't hit for average, but he had tremendous power. But the fact that he's hitting the ball, just like driving it in the gap. I mean, not all of these, like we're talking about his home runs, right? But we're not talking about the fact that he's getting other hits. I mean, it's just incredible to see Schwarber go to work. And this is a guy that I think in the MLB, we have way too quick a judgment on players. Like you'll give a guy three years and then you'll kick him off his team and I'm trying to think, but like uh, Steve Souza comes to mind as that guy. And obviously Steve Souza got hurt when he got his finally got paid. But yeah, Kyle Schwarber's a guy who I was like, the Nats might have a steal on this guy. You just got to be patient with him. And when he gets into rhythm, I think he's a very streaky hitter. So this probably won't last all year, but Hey man, if he bats 240 and hits 40 homers, I mean, Washington's found a solid outfielder. Yeah. And I think his transition to outfield really changed his career. I think slimming down a little bit really changed his career. Um, He was never a skilled catcher. And, you know, just look at the numbers now. I mean, he, and and when I mean skyrocketed to top the home run leaderboard, he was not even close to where he is now. He, right now he has 22 homers at second in the national league or tied for second, or I think it's tied for second on base percentage. He's getting on base 896 on base or 896 OPS. He has a stolen base. <laughs> he's got a stolen base. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's fourth in strikeouts, but you know, that's baseball nowadays, I guess. Yeah. Hey, I mean, listen for, if you're batting 250 and you're striking out a bunch, I'm not really as concerned about that versus a guy who's batting 198 and striking out a bunch, you know, in every 11 at bats, he's going deep. That's second in that's the insane. national league, second that's in the insane. national league. That's a crazy stat only to Fernando Tatis. So it's crazy. Look at this this uh, this stat here at bat per home run. Max Muncy thirteen point eight, Crawford thirteen point five in fourth place. Third place Acuna twelve point five, Schwarber eleven, Tatis number one, eight point six, and the next one is eleven. So Tatis is just on a completely. I mean, uh, we could unreal. In, yeah, we could get into Tatis right now. Hit three home runs the other night. In only four innings, we thought he would hit like four or five. Won't participate in the home run derby because of a shoulder injury. And that's the incredible thing about all this. He's doing all of this with like a hurt shoulder. Yeah. No, my biggest knock against Tatis has always been his health. And if he can stay healthy, he's when he's healthy, he's the best player in baseball. And the fact that we're only kind of seeing him scratch the surface right now with a hurt shoulder. I mean, he's just scary, man. He's one of those guys where, like, not the biggest dude on the field, but when he steps in the box, like, there is a presence there. And it's felt all around the stadium. And there's just players who are electric like this. And it's what makes baseball great. And Tatis is part of why baseball is kind of on an uptick right now. I mean, he shows emotion, he plays hard, and he has fun. People want to see that. Mm -hmm. Just the image of him, just like the hair, the beard the flair, the shades. I mean, just everything about him makes him so appealing to like, not just us here in the States, but he's got the bilingual, you know, thing going for him. 
He's got a Hispanic background, so he's an international star. Absolutely. And Shohei Otani, same thing for him. So perfect ambassador for the sport, really. Um, you know, it's crazy how he's doing it with with the one shoulder. I keep going back yeah. to that. That's that's amazing. Has anybody well, else who's played hurt like this before? Like I can't even think of anybody. Kirk Gibson. <laughs> I guess that's true. That was for one at bat. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, what Otani was hurt all last year. His arm wise, like yeah, and still hit. That's a good point. Ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Otani said he's taking part in the home run derby. We mentioned that last show. It's gonna be incredible, man. I mean, I would not be surprised if we see a ball leave Coors Field. Oh no! Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and he's gonna use all parts of the field like he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Breaking ball down and away, drives it out to left field, fastball up, left center, right center, could pull the hands in. You know, he could do anything, and I can't wait to watch him. Another guy who just put his hat in the ring for the home run derby. The regaining champion since there was no home run derby or all-star game in 2020, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, taking part, trying to uh, keep the belt. What do you think? He's throwing his hat in the ring again. I've, I mean, he'll probably win the home run derby, but what does it matter? The Mets can't hit. So uh, <laughs> great. So like, if I'm a Mets fan, I hear this news and it's like, great. We already struggled to hit and now Pete Alonso is going to mess up his swing as we try and make a second half push to win this insane LL East division. So, I mean, it'll be, it'll make for a fun day, but mm-hmm. in the big grand scheme of things, I think it might be a mistake for Pete, uh, especially because he like 10 home runs. I mean, what happened? This is a guy who yeah. hit 50 his rookie year. I don't know. Maybe it's a little COVID rust, but if the home run derby certainly helped Pete Alonso kind of get the monkey off his back and start hitting like the polar bear, we know he is. Yeah, he was hurt a little bit. And um, more and more guys each and every year are dropping out of this thing. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I they're They're finally figuring out that maybe the second half slump because of it. I mean – I think David Wright or no Prince Fielder. One of them had, you know, a really bad second half slump and blamed it on the Derby. Maybe it was Todd Frazier. Um, Probably. Well, I mean, Hey, Todd Frazier, if he wants to, at this point can blame the entire second half of his career on that home run Derby. <laughs> ruthless. Ruthless. Uh, love you, yeah. Todd. Please come on the show. Please come on the show, Todd. We got to get him USA baseball. He'll be in the Olympics. He'll be in, uh, uh, I believe they're going to punk our, um, China, uh, I think. Yeah, I think they're going to China for the Olympics. Tokyo, Wait, Japan. In Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. I was say, Steve, what's going on here, buddy? I'm in the wrong country. Uh, I knew it was in Asia, but I, I was in the wrong country. Tokyo, J- Tokyo, Japan. That's where the Olympics this are. This is the first year we get a Olympics in baseball together, huh? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I can't wait. And there's a few, uh, few big leaguers taking former big leaguers taking part in that. Um, Homer Bailey's on that team. Todd Frazier's on that team. Matt Kemp. I mean, Matt just Kemp. some blasts of the past. Well, these are all just guys who got minor league deals and were like, oh, might as well go pitch for Team USA. Yeah, I would. I mean, I feel like that should be on everybody's bucket list to represent their country. That's why the WBC is so cool to me. Uh, is that yeah, and I mean, to- that's, well, that's also the only time we ever get to see a full USA roster because, I mean, MLB players aren't going to take a break from their season where they're competing for the 
Don't me wrong. Who doesn't want a U.S. medal? But a World Series trophy is a little more illustrious, I think, to the baseball player in America. Yeah, no, I'd feel so left out if I left my team. Like, if you're on the Dodgers and they they go on a big hot streak, like I don't know, right now might be a good little time for the Dodgers to players to take a little vacation to Tokyo, get their heads clear if they want to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, sacrifice Clayton Kershaw to pitch against like. What would what's a, a team that Team USA would be facing? Team Canada or whatever. I don't know who qualifies. Uh, team Japan. Let's just stick with the hometown. Yeah, Team Japan. Who? I mean, we see baseball talent coming out of Japan. Like, yeah, they nothing. they might like. I honestly think Team USA might get smacked around a bit in this. Mm-hmm. WBC, they got smacked around. Japan, yeah. I think, has a few WBC titles. Of course, oh, USA yeah. won the last one. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely have more coverage of that. Uh, I got to research more about that because I know nothing yeah. about it. Um, so I didn't even know where the Olympics were, man. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I almost said Hong Kong. God, my geography is just through the roof bad. Um, speaking of the uh, All-Star game, and we mentioned the Home Run Derby, the jerseys were revealed for the All-Star game. And we looked at it before we came on air. Jasper, was that the first time you saw it before you... It was the first time I'd taken a good look at them. I think they're horrible, like to say the least. I mean, I, I'm trying to find a way to say something nice. The hats aren't horrible. I kind of like the hats. Yeah. Uh, especially the Yankees one they sampled. That one was pretty cool. But I'm just, I'm never a fan of when the MLB switches to like the two button. Like they look like a college, they don't even, they look like a horrible Fourth of July tournament jersey for a travel ball team. Like I, I really don't know what we're doing here with these things, man. How about you, Steve? And no, somebody pointed them out and said that they still have like Atlanta ties to them. They didn't even yeah. change it from when they moved the All Star game. Yeah. Um, and somebody like like people are now making jerseys and they're like tagging MLB. Like, look at the jersey that I created. This is better, and they are better. Like the I could draw. Might, yeah. They might I could change. draw. I could draw a stick figure right now. And like, okay, here's the thing. The jerseys are fine for batting practice. Yeah. Nobody cares about what they look like during batting practice. Nobody's watching batting practice. But the tradition has always been to wear your team uniforms during the all-star game with just the all-star game patch. Why? And what, like, why? Why is that being broken? And I feel like this just goes back to Major League Baseball's unawareness of anything they, they don't know how to how to read the room on anything whether that be rules committee marketing read the room nobody wants to wear other jerseys in the all-star game fans want to turn on the tv and see their jerseys represented that's the point of it teams getting represented players getting rewarded for good years on their team yep. and we're changing that for like some you know literally it looks like they picked up like polo white polo shirts from Walmart and like got their friend to like put a design on it that has a shirt machine at home. That's what it looks like. It's horrible. And I'll tell you the only thing those jerseys are missing is just mesh. Like I feel like if they really want to just go all in on the ugly jersey, they just need to make a mesh and like really throw it back to like the 1990s, 80s. I don't know. At this point, like they should just make a joke out of the jerseys. I don't. I really don't know what you do with them. No one's gonna buy these things. I mean, the ugly col. I'm a Colorado guy, and even I hate them. You know, like of course the Colorado Rockies get the worst jerseys possible. The one time we get 
the one time we actually get coverage, if we're being completely honest here. I mean, I think the last time I saw the Rockies talked about on MLB Network was, uh, I guess we could say the Arenado trade. But before that, it was like when we signed Michael Kadire back in 2016. <laughs> yeah, no, and Colorado is just um... – I understand it was a last minute move, but I mean, still, still, those are horrible. I mean, they look like jerseys from like the 19, like 1918 world series. You turn on the, <laughs> I mean, you look at highlights of that. If there were highlights or, you know, old, still weird photographs, that's probably what they were wearing is those jerseys, the hats. Yeah. I could get behind them, but the jerseys are just completely awful. Rob Manfred is I don't even, I don't think he's behind it, so I can't blame him. But whoever is the design team at MLB needs to fix this badly. Yeah. Because they're horrible. I mean, just look up right now if you're listening or watching, look up 2021 MLB All Star Game jerseys and tell me those don't look stupid. Well, my whole thing with them is I think what they were trying to go for was kind of a modern yet vintage approach. And it just looks horrible. Like they're like, oh man, what if we did some vintage jerseys for Colorado? And then they're like, oh, but what if we did some modern jerseys? You know, this is the first year yeah. we're actually doing jerseys. And they're like, oh, what if we combine that? And then it just came out horrible. And they're like, yo, these are tight. And everyone just clown them on Twitter. It was incredible. I, I okay, I have an idea. The next All Star game at like one of those vintage parks, Wrigley, or I think Wrigley is the next one up before Fenway because Fenway just had one like twenty years ago. Um, but if it's at Wrigley, every team's throwback uniform, that would be cool. It would be incredible. That would be incredible. I mean, just the throwback uniforms for the all-star game. Um, and I mean, uh, Coors Field is like, what part of Coors Field and what part of Colorado signifies like new school baseball? Like, I mean, (laughs) no offense to anybody in Colorado or you who's a Rockies fan. But, I mean, is, is there a ballpark right now that signifies, like, the next generation of baseball? Like, I mean... Yeah, I think, if anything, it would be Atlanta, right? Yeah. It's a new ballpark. It's a new ballpark. They have, like, one of the younger teams in baseball. And they blew it. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting situation there. Uh, and one of, the, one of the guys that are... There are guys that is probably going to be in the all-star game or be there maybe not starting because of a guy named fernando tatis jr um is brandon crawford who is in his walk year with the san francisco giants and is still playing shortstop like he's played it ever since he came up at an elite level looking like the uh, leader so far in gold glove uh in the gold glove conversation but crawford hitting 255 which is kind of where he's been throughout his career but peep the 141 OPS plus in the 875 OPS, which is, I mean, a career high by far. He's been an elite hitter, 16 home runs, which his career high is 21, which seems like he's going to break like at the end of July, probably. <laughs> um, I mean, he's got to be there. He's got to be at yeah. the all-star game. What he, and he's last I checked, he was behind Corey Seager in the voting. Who's hurt. Makes zero sense. So, now what do you think about Crawford's uh, hot start? Do you buy it? Is it fantasy? Is it reality? What, what's up with Crawford? I buy it because it's a contract year. I think my only fear is that the Giants are going to throw out another loyalty contract and they're going to get screwed over. But 
I mean, I never thought there'd be a day where I admitted that Brandon Crawford is a better shortstop than Trevor Story, but I mean, here we are. This is <laughs> Brandon Crawford is going to sneakily hit 30 home runs and get paid more than what he's worth. I don't think it's necessarily a fluke. I think this is just the best season he's ever had. And if you're a fan of Brandon Crawford, hey, enjoy it. Because, I mean, watching this guy play baseball has always been awesome in the field. But at the plate now, you get to see him kind of just let it fly, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Brandon's just being Brandon. I think he's very – the biggest thing for me with Brandon Carvey is he just looks so loose at the plate. I mean, he just looks like he's focused, locked in. He's hunting. He's he's just playing good baseball, man. It's nice to see. And he's always been a guy who you could trust in the big moment. He's, he's experienced those big moments before. He's always been cool, calm, collective. And outside of the, the pennant race going down right now with the Giants, I mean, the big storyline aside from that is the three guys that are going to walk possibly at the end of the year, Crawford, Posey, and Belt. Belt, who knows, may have surgery on his knee now. So we might have seen the last of Brandon Belt in San Francisco. Posey has a team option, which is for a little north of $20 million and Brandon Crawford is, you know, raising his his uh, asking price by the minute. He won't get paid more than Story or you know Seager or Correa or any of those guys. But he's an hundred million dollar player right now. Ooh, is he? I'd say. I mean, what? Okay, so think Trevor Story's worth like what two fifty, three hundred range. Yeah, maybe less. I don't, um, okay, well, that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, probably. I mean, what? He's worth as much, if not a little less, than Lindor. So, okay, I could buy that. I could buy yeah. that at, at the highest. Right, so that's like the 300, 250 mil range. Crawford, I'd, say, I'd say a little over 200, maybe high 100s at the least. But he's also 28 I mean, years old. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what, seven years? I could see him signing a seven-year $250 million contract. Yeah, his sure. asking price is going to be pretty pretty big. I uh, mean, but- Trevor Story is a guy where if he gets on the right team, this guy could be an MVP candidate. I mean, he's a 30-30 guy on the base pads and at the plate. Yeah, no, I agree. He's been underrated, especially when Arnada was there for a long time. The eyeballs were all on him and not Trevor Story. So he is there's a sense of him being underrated. Uh, but Crawford's 34 years old, and I would be hesitant to pay him quite a bit because yeah. of the lack of consistency at the plate. And I know he's made adjustments with the hitting coaches, and his stance is noticeably different. But, I mean, there is still a fear with, a, the age, B, yeah. health, which he's been very durable throughout his career pretty much, um, and C, the lack of consistency with the bat. And I know you could pay, you know, you could find glove guys anywhere, and I know that's not fun to say about Brandon Crawford. No knock on his defense. It's elite. Yeah. But, you know, let's be honest here. Major league teams pay for bats. That's always going to be the case. Nothing will ever change. Yeah. Like if that's the case and Jose Iglesias is a $200 million player. Yeah. So, but it I mean, won't. They just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my bad. They don't look at saved runs. They look at produced runs at the end of the day. No, no. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And Crawford got the six year, $75 million extension that he got in 2016, took him through, or he's going to take him through 21. My theory about this whole thing is that, like, Marco Luciano's coming. He's going to be the top prospect, maybe top five in all of baseball. He's in San Jose right now, so he's in low A. If 
if they think Luciano is the shortstop of the future, they won't go and sign a Trevor Story or a Seager or a Correa. So that means Crawford would be the perfect stopgap for like a two-year deal. But if they think Luciano is like a third baseman or something and they want to start playing him at third base at the higher levels of the minor leagues, I think they go for one of the big shortstops and let Crawford walk. What about Crawford in Colorado? That's a Colorado Rocky ass signing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, we'll probably give him what three years, 70 mil. It's kind of like Gerardo Parra money, Ian Desmond money. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the Rockies are going to do. We're, we're an interest- I think the plan is to move Brendan Rogers to short though. I think he was always a shortstop and uh, he's actually playing really well for us right now. One of the few bright spots that hopefully won't get traded. I don't think he will, uh, but I'm, I'm a little excited. I mean, hey, Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rodgers have me excited right now. Uh, I think if anything, we go after a second base chip. Yeah. That's where we seem to be struggling the most. Uh, CJ Crone's been a pleasant surprise, but it all depends on if we can actually get some value for Trevor Story. We have an intern GM. I really don't like the fact that we're trading one of our top players and one of the few players I think we could actually get some really good value for with an intern GM. So that kind of scares me, but I think Crawford would be a great fit in course. He's always – from every game I've watched the Giants and Rockies play at Coors Field, he's always been the guy who will hit that grand slam. I mean, Crawford's always been a clutch hitter, but now he's getting consistent. So, hey, maybe if he can keep this up, uh, by all means, give me Brandon Crawford in Coors Field. Yeah, and his career numbers at Coors Field, if anybody was wondering, I'm pulling them up. Well, career – let's see. Career numbers at Coors Field, Crawford – is a 260 hitter with 11 homers, 60 RBIs, and 304 at bats, and he has a 742 OPS. So he's pretty well there. Too shabby to me, yeah. Yeah. So Crawford, uh, definitely an option for the Rockies moving forward for sure. Um, let's stay in the National League West because this continues to be a really intriguing division, uh, and we might see three playoff teams coming out of it. Uh, right now, the Giants have the best record in baseball, which nobody saw coming. They lead the Dodgers by four and a half games and the Padres by four and a half games. I mean, this is such a surprise, and I know we've talked about that, but this division is just really, really good, but they also have a few bad teams. We'll get to the Diamondbacks in just a sec. But, I mean, this is a good division. Yeah. And you know which division this hurts the most? The NL East. The fact that you can get three playoff teams out of this division is going to hurt those NL East teams who are good enough to play in the playoffs, but just they beat up on each other and their records aren't there. So, I mean, like the Atlanta Braves could get second place and miss the playoffs. Isn't that crazy to think about? That is. The NL East, it is going to be a fight till the end. It's going to be – August is going to really – the dog days of August are going to be the true test for the NL East. But getting back to the NL West, it's awesome. I love this for the game. The fact that the Dodgers are a game away from being in third place, you love to see it. I mean, what, they got no hit this week by uh, the combined no hitter. But, yeah, I mean, the Padres, they have the pitching depth to just absolutely turn it on in the playoffs. And I think for all the bats and everything LA has signed, I just, I don't see a whole lot of team chemistry on the field. There's a, there's points where the Dodgers look a little disconnected. So, I mean, I don't know. What's your take on the NLS, Steve? Well, I, I think it's like a movie. I really do. Yeah. I think you have the Dodgers who are like the, the, the big bad, you know, 
the big bad the villain the batting yeah it's the villain it's the antagonist of the movie then you have the padres who you know did a lot to improve during the offseason and they're trying to make a run and this is the year one where they in have, a row by the way the padres yes they're on a roll right now um and swept the dodgers in san diego in front of in front of a pack crowd just every single game between those two has been good it's been what's watch baseball absolutely yeah and it, it's not a it's not it's not a rivalry as much as Padres fans want to think it is. Um, there's no historical element, but these matchups are some of the best baseball we've seen in 2021 for sure. Um, and San Francisco is kind of like the under the radar team that nobody saw coming and is the surprise. So there's like one of each here in this story. Then you have the Rockies who are kind of irrelevant, but mm-hmm. the Rockies, when they're irrelevant, they're still dangerous because of their home park. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, and the Rockies, they may play the upset game come September when every team's kind of rounding out their uh, divisional schedule. And they have the Giants, say, late September. They have the Dodgers mid-September. Padres. And just out, out hit all of them. Yeah, well, you're going to see games where the score is going to be like 19 to 15. And you're going to be like, well, this is a game we should have taken. And this game hurts because, I mean, the course field effect, it'll just fuck you sometimes. And there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and, and the worst team, and real quick before we go on to what's going on in the desert, um, the National League East, like you mentioned, um, I ruled out the Nationals a few days ago, but you can't rule anybody out, probably except the Marlins. But, I mean, yeah, all these teams are just beating up on each other. The Mets somehow haven't gotten the brunt of it. Which yeah, is Listen, the Mets – confuse the hell out of me because they just watching them play baseball it looks so disorganized so bad francisco lindor is just what huh they're always hurt they're always hurt their pitchers are phenomenal but still have losing records i mean isn't what is degrom might be four and two now but i or maybe it's reversed but just like seeing degrom have a 050 era and then be losing games it's Unreal. He allows zero runs, and you can't get him a win. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's pathetic. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's it's on ridiculous. pace for he's on pace right now for one of the best seasons ever yeah. in the modern history of the game. Uh, Not to mention you can't get Syndergaard on the field. I know that's too bad. He's he's yeah. a, he's one of those great personalities that you root for. Um, great social media game, by the way, too. Yeah. No Syndergaard. Uh, but no, the Nationals and some of these teams also have to consider their future, like the yeah. Nationals, especially. I mean, they have some pieces. Max Scherzer is at the top of trade talks around baseball. Uh, but if he's needed to start a wild card game or to start a game one series, you can't trade him. Because yeah. you don't know what you got with Steven Strasburg. Patrick Corbin had a horrible start to the year. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that division takes place. Yeah. Back to the West, and I hate. Wait, to wait. Go- I just need to get one. Like, how bad does that bidding war they went on in Chicago, the White Sox, with look now in retrospect? Like, paying Strasburg two hundred seventy-five million at his age—that's kind of a tough look for them. Yeah, I mean, they did. You know, it was right after. I think the story behind that was they were World right Series after, goggles. Yes, right after the World Series win, riding the high, high free agent. This guy just. What was he? He was the MVP of something. Was it World Series or NLCS MVP? He's, I think it was World Series because remember, he had those 
three tremendous games against Houston. Yeah, World Series MVP, and it was just not a situation where you could let him walk. So they had to kind of meet his asking price, and like 245 is way too much for Steven Strasburg. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Way too much for a guy who has never been healthy consistently, yeah. ever, uh, and has pitched 200 innings twice. You know, so, I mean, and when he's on the field, he's great. I understand that, yeah. but just there's he's been on the DL a handful of times, and that was just way too much money. Um, but that, that is definitely a, a good point there. Yeah. The D backs have lost 24 road games and they've lost like what? 47 of like 50 or something like that. I, I, I probably have that number. Like that. It's something they're 29 games back. They're, they're the worst team in baseball. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say. How is this happening? They have good players. I mean, they have Nick Ahmed, a gold glover at short. David. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are we really going to start our diagnosis of the Diamondbacks off with Nick Ahmed? He's the first name I saw. The face, the face of the Diamondbacks, Nick Ahmed, everyone. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that Carson <laughs> Kelly's been good, but he's been Carson hurt. Carson Kelly. I mean, Cattell Marte is going to be a big piece at the deadline, I think. Um, I, what, that's what the perplexes me about the Diamondbacks, though, right? Is weren't they an up and coming young team? Mm-hmm. You know, like what Zach Gallon was supposed to be the future. Uh, we still haven't seen oh, what's his name. I'm completely blanking right now. Oh, Corbin Martin. We still haven't really seen Corbin Martin. Luke Weaver has not pitched to what they expected him to. And oh, Bumgarner's on and off Bumgarner. the DL. Bumgarner. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, this is not a good it's team tough. at all. It's tough. And you did you see that it. play where? Um, Vogelbach was like pulled his hamstring or something. It was, was limping home. He was like a third of the way. No, he was like a quarter. He was close to home. He was about 20 feet from the plate, limping, almost walking to the plate. And the Diamondbacks, like shortstop, had the ball. And the catcher sitting there, like, come on, four, four, four. He wasn't even at the plate yet. It was just a mess. And he it's scored. So I mean, not to okay, I guess that didn't make sense because he did win the national or uh, World Series of the Nationals. But anytime I see Asdrubal Cabrera on a roster, <laughs> your team needs to answer some questions. Ouch! Yeah, Asdrubal Cabrera, longtime infielder. Yeah, but twenty-four road. I mean, this has to be talked about more. I think. Yeah. Um, twenty-fourth. The last time they won a road game, Jasper, was when Madison Bumgarner threw the you know, controversy, seven inning, no hitter. That was the last time that felt like months ago. It was like late April, late April. We were still in school when that was late April. I know. Yeah. We, we did talk about that uh, on the other podcast that we do TSV sports show. Um, That's insane. Arizona diamondbacks way North of a hundred losses. I mean, is, is that like a lock at this point? I'd say so. I mean, boy, it doesn't look like they're going to turn this thing around. Like, they don't have any – they have prospects, but they're nowhere near ready for the MLB level. But, I mean, I want to get your takes on what the best trade pieces on this roster are. Because, I mean, I look at names like Eduardo Escobar and Cattell Marte especially. Cattell Marte is just – in these past three seasons, he has just been a monster. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm curious to think, like, which of these pieces do you kind of keep – I mean, David Peralta is a guy who I think has to go. Eduardo Escobar, but like 
do you try your best to keep Cattell or is his trade value just too much of a temptation to pass on? Well, Arizona's always been such a weird, they have a weird history of doing some weird stuff. So for example, 2010, 97 losses. 2011, they turned it around and won 94 games. Yeah. 2012, they finished 500. 2013, they finished 500. 2014, they took a step back and lost 98 games. 15, they got a little bit better, lost 83. 16, they got worse, lost 93. 2017, they switched that in 193, and that was the the whole... That was the uh, uh, J.D. Martinez year, right? Yes, that was the J.D. Martinez year where Archie Bradley hit the triple in the wildcard game against the Rockies, and they ended up losing the division series against the Dodgers. 18... They got a little bit worse, finished two games above 500. 19 finished four games above 500. So they were kind of in that weird in between, you know, where teams are we contenders? Yeah. 2020, they lost 35 games, which they were 25 and 35. And then this year, of course, they're 21 and 56. They've been trendy. But I think at this point, you got to build for something. You cannot be trendy in a division like this where you have three teams that are getting better every single day and every single year. Yeah, Giants are only going to get better with the players they have coming up. The Dodgers spit out talent. They're only going to get better. They're perennial. They've been perennial. They will continue to be perennial. At least until Magic Johnson dies. But (laughs) Yeah, and stops funding their payroll. Yeah, Uh, And the Padres are young. They're They're here to stay. They're a good team. So in this division, you can't suck. Because if you suck in this division, you are going to really, really suck. And the Diamondbacks are really, really sucking. And they got to tear it down. So you asked me what who should go. Everybody. Everybody that's making some sort of money. I mean, Ahmed, bye. Escobar, bye. Peralta, bye. Marte, bye. Esdrubal, bye. I mean, these guys could help some guys. You can't. Dribble Cabrera could be a great bench bat somewhere. Starting pitching, Zach Gallen, maybe you stick around. Keep you yeah, maybe keep maybe stick around for a little bit. But Caleb Smith is a guy you can move. I think uh, Garner's contract is a little tough to move. I think you probably have to eat some of it. Um, well, not only that, but you're not really. I don't think you're going to get the value you're looking for from for him, right? Yeah, I mean, I think mean, about it. Like this guy is this is a guy who. Uh, so okay, now we'll put yourself in the team that's going to trade the shoes of the team that's going to trade for Madison Bumgarner. Do you really know what you're getting? Well, I like, haven't what, seen enough of them. Keller, <laughs> the Giants, had a couple of tough-looking years with Arizona. Do you think a change of scenery? I mean, I would love to see Madison Bumgarner be a Yankee. Personally, I think that'd be Ooh. awesome. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, I think he could pitch well in that ballpark. Um, but, I mean, we saw nine starts of just horrible baseball from him last year. Yeah. We've seen some good – a few good starts, but not enough to, you know, settle down the bad starts. That's why his ERA is in the high fives. Stuff, I think, is still there. Um, but I think the long balls really hurt him at this point in his career. Oh, gosh. I mean – yeah, I think if you're the Diamondbacks, you might have to eat some of the money. I mean, he's owed yeah. this season. Obviously, some of it's been paid already, but this season, 19 million, 2022, 23, 
million, 2023, 23 million. I know that doesn't make sense, but in 2024, I mean, you get a little bit of a break with 14, but I think yeah. Cattell Marte is the best asset they have. Yeah. What kind of, I mean, just before we move on, Eduardo Escobar, he's another player who kind of emerged with them, but you're not really sure if he can kind of replicate that. I mean, he was great with the twins. Don't get me wrong, but he was never that kind of star player, but I think him and David Peralta are going to be the two guys where we have to figure out what kind of value you can get for them. Yeah. Yeah. He could, I'd be interested to see where he fits. He's also had a very trendy career. I mean, zero homer. Like I'm looking at it right now. 2012, zero homers. Yeah. 13, three, 14, six, 2015, 12, 2016, six, 2017. Where did 21 come from? Yeah, exactly. 2018, 23. Okay. Start of some consistency. And then 2019, he explodes 35 home runs, 118 RBIs. So, Mm -hmm. so he doesn't strike me as a star, right? Yeah. It's a little Jekyll and Hyde here. I'm not really sure what you have in Eduardo, but again, maybe a bench bat, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's playing too well to be a bench bat right now. He's batting 245, 16 home runs, 46 RBIs. I mean, if he hits 30 home runs and has 100 RBIs again, I mean, yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have a trade deadline show where we go through all the bad teams and try to put players on different teams. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and Escobar, maybe we'll find a fit. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'm done talking D-backs, so though. I don't want to waste my time any longer with this kind of... No, it was fun ripping. Franchise. It was fun ripping them. Always fun to rip the D-backs just because, what, they won a world... They've won more World Series than most teams with the championship in 2001, but... Yeah, you don't really know. You, they're one of those franchises you just don't really know what to do with because they're I wouldn't call them a small market, but like they're a medium sized market team. They really like when you have that kind of you're never going to really build consistency like the Dodgers have, you know? Yeah, which is why they have to tear it down. Um, and the team that's really surprising is the, the team with the second most wins in baseball at the time of this recording. The Houston Astros are on a roll. I mean, we've seen a resurgent Jose Altuve. With power, leading with that power. team in home yeah. run with power. I mean, going off on in the long ball department. Correa is having a great year. Michael yeah. Brantley coming off the DL strong. Yeah, Alvarez is a great. star in the make. Kyle Tucker could be an all star. I mean, this is a good team. Oh, we got to talk Yuli Gurriel as well. Are oh yes, like three thirty seven. Who the hell saw that coming, man? Mm-hmm. Good the RBIs end. are there. It's it's fun to watch. I think they need an arm. Yeah, oh, definitely, though. Their pitching staff. Zach Granke can't be your ace. Yeah. And you gave Lance McClure's all this money. He's pitching well, but he's not really staying healthy. Yeah, no, I like the the young arms they have. Garcia, uh, Christian Javier, and Yurkidi. Um, Yurkidi, yeah. Um, but Scherzer would fit well. Yeah. <laughs> What you go from Verlander to Scherzer, that'd be insane. That'd be crazy. Is Verlander slated to, to come back soon? I have or is he out no for no clue? Was he out He's for gotta the be year. out for the year, right? I mean, the fact that no one's talking about him, no one's saying, Oh, I can't wait for the Astros to get Verlander back. He must be out for the year. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm forgetting when he underwent Tommy John. Um, did it cut his 60 game season short? I thought it did. 
We will find this out right here on the air because this on is air, important live. information. Uh, Justin Verlander, 2020, he made... He made... He didn't pit. Oh, he pitched in one game. Right. Here, let's see. So he should be nearing a return, but why isn't he? Oh, did he suffer a setback? He must have. Let's see. February 27th, 2021, Houston Astros placed pitcher Justin Verlander on the 60-day list. So he underwent the procedure September. So, yeah, he's knocked out for the year. That's tough. They activated him in 2020 in October, apparently. But yeah, because at some point you have to get all the 60 day DL guys off. Do you think we've a uh, little question right here? Do you think we've seen Justin Verlander pitch his last Major League Baseball game? No, no, he'll be back. He's going to pitch. Forty year old Justin. Yeah, no, I don't know. Nah, he's still going to come back and pitch well. Yeah. Oh man, imagine if he's just the Tom Brady of baseball. That would be so annoying. Justin Verlander's very possibly a hall of famer i i think it's safe to just give it to him at this point i mean what he as a 37 year old he went 21 and 6 come on that's crazy oh look at jaws starting pitcher 33rd ranked in the history of baseball Jeez. um among active players he is is zach cranky a hall of famer i don't think so i don't know is he very pot. I mean, he's got a Cy Young. He's a, a Cy Young. A Cy 73.5 war. Um, although pitching war is a little lower at 68.4. Yeah, but you, you I mean, what the old school baseball guys aren't going to pay attention to war. And then he's ranked 34th um, among active, among all time pitchers, which is interesting. But I think the big three right now, they're, I think there's four guys right now that are knocking on the door, and that's Scherzer, Kershaw, Granke, Verlander. Kershaw's already in. Scherzer's close. Then I go Verlander, Granke. Yep. But it's close. Yep. But just getting back to the Astros, I mean, it's been incredible. They've overtaken the A's. Then uh, I don't blame them. I mean, they were – they're kind of like, I'm waiting for the Dodgers to have this kind of run, you know? It's like where there's a team that we know they're talented, we know they're not playing up to their standards, and then they finally get it together and just go on a run. Oh, L.A. has 19 of 22 in them. I mean, yeah, exactly. they haven't even hit that yet. I mean, they do it yeah. every year, seemingly. But, yeah. Just- August, I'm telling you, man, August. Once we get to August, it is going to get intense. The burners are going to turn on, and we're going to see who has what it takes, who has the grit to get to the postseason and all the credit in the world to dusty baker yeah who just took a really horrible situation the perfect guy for the job and has led this team to a very very good year so shout out shout out to dusty it sucks because i love dusty but i hate the astros and i hate that he defends them but and do it for him he's never won a big game in his life do it for Dusty. I mean, you, give him, you gotta, give love, him you gotta love the toothpick and the wristbands and yeah, man, Dusty's an all-timer. I mean, he's got to be one of the the few guys who's managed that long and has that many wins, but has never won a championship. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he came close with the Giants, but you don't know that ended. yeah, I mean, went a few times in his playing career. I'm reading here, uh, went with the Giants. Other than that, it's 
never been to a championship or never won. Dusty's a choker. Well, I mean, yeah, that's basically the, he is, I mean, that's no knock on him. It's just a fact. Yeah. Um, But he's, you know, again, I mean, you think back to that Reds team that had the Giants on the ropes and couldn't get it done back. Yeah. And I'm reading his Wikipedia entry. Baker has been criticized as a poor postseason manager. Giants yeah. finished the season tied for wild card. 2020, uh, 2002 postseason was the only time in his career that he won a postseason series. Um, so never really advanced to the next round quite a bit in his, in his, yeah, see, here it is. Dusty Baker has presided over some of the biggest collapse in baseball history. 1993, the Giants led the National League West by 9.5 games on August 7th. Blew it. 2002, blew it. 2003, his Cubs in the, the uh, NLCS against the Marlins. Blew it. That was the Bartman game, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, 2012, Baker's Reds against the Giants. Blew it. There's got to be more here. 2013, six-game losing streak to end the season. Blew it. Lost the wild card game that year. Blew it. So, I mean, yeah, choker. But great, great guy. Man, I would love to see an all-time class by the Astros. <laughs> and that his real, be so his awesome. real name's Johnny. Johnny Baker, Dusty. Johnny, yeah, Johnny B. Baker. Great baseball name if we're talking baseball names. Dusty Baker is a great baseball name. All right. Um, well, what do you think about combined no-hitters? Because, I mean, we saw one with the Cubs combining, like, with four guys to no-hit the Dodgers. Zach Davies pitched uh, the majority of that one. Then the bullpen for the Cubs, which has been so good all year long, came in and shut the door. It's not the same. What do you think? It's not the same for me, at least, as one guy doing it. I mean, it's clearly not the same. I was just telling you before this, Craig Kimbrell didn't even realize they had a no-hitter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the you saw his reaction after he got the win, just gave a little fist pump. Wasn't really too hyped. Um, but my hot take here is I think Bumgarner's no-hitter should count as a combined no-hitter because it doesn't have the oh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The weight of a single pitcher throwing a no-hitter. But the combined no-hitter, it's still impressive. Maybe give Bumgarner a little boost for that one. I don't know. But it's the, the game has come down to relief pitching, right? If you can have good relief pitching. And I think we're seeing more combined no-hitters because you got amazing pitchers coming out of the bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. You're not afraid to pull the guy who's been killing it for seven innings anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like with these no-hitters, pitch count has been kind of forgotten about. And for the most part, managers have – this is why – you know, the the uh, first combined no-hitter this season is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh one. So the other six has been one person. So that means that managers have kind of had the longer leash here, which is good. Um, but for Bumgarner, I would say no, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. But the only reason why I would say no is in terms of counting is because he didn't go the extra two innings. Yep. I mean, and those extra two innings, I mean, I I do I go live on RizzoCast the Instagram page. I don't know how many, I maybe like three, two or three times I've gone live in the eighth inning and it's been broken up in the eighth inning. So right. who knows what would have happened if he would have pitched the uh and it's not his eighth fault. Ninth, yeah. You can't blame him. You can't blame him. 
And I think the players like the seven inning double headers um, and might actually fight to keep it in the next CBA. So who knows? Uh, But I can't, I can't blame Bumgarner. I just don't think it's authentic. Well, is the, okay. So is the combined no hitter inauthentic to you as well? Or what's your take on it? Well, it's nine innings and a team didn't get a hit in nine innings. I feel like that's more authentic than a team not getting hit in seven innings. Yeah. So I just think combined no hitters don't get any love because there's not one person you could point to as having the success. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think the consensus was Zach Davies gave his all and he just had nothing left in the tank. But yeah, he probably got the toast. He probably got the toast post game. Shout out to Zach game ball or whatever they do. You know what I'd love to see though is, uh, I'm blanking on the term for it, but when they start a reliever, I would love to see just like a nine guy combined no hitter. Oh, oh yeah, the opener, the opener. I would love to see an opener go one inning and then just have them keep going through there. I'd also love to see, like, I think since it is the age of pitching, I'd love to see someone lose a no hitter. Mm. Yeah, like in the ninth inning with two outs. Yeah. Or not even that, but just like have someone have just an atrocious game, but I guess no one really got a hit. I feel like the Pirates could do it. If anyone could do it, it'd be the Pirates. Yeah. Um, or like a walk-off no-hitter. Remember that was done? Ugh. Somebody yeah. did that. I'm blanking. It was uh, Marlins. Marlins. Guy. Marlins. Who was he? I pictured oh, it. It was Hernandez. It was Hernandez. What was his Henderson last Alvarez. Name? Henderson Alvarez, not Hernandez. Damn. Walk-off no-hitter. He was on deck too, so that made it even better. Yeah. Wild pitch. Incredible. Love it. Um, also, before we head off here, uh, NC State, our hearts go out to them uh, because if you're keeping up with the College World Series, which I haven't really, uh, a few guys for their team, a few unvaccinated people, players on their team, uh, got COVID or were exposed to COVID. And basically the NCAA shut them down and they give Vanderbilt the win and Vanderbilt's going to move on. And NC state baseball uh, is eliminated. So really tough break, really tough break for them. And can't lie. I mean, I was watching the game yesterday, like even with half their roster on the sideline with COVID, like they were kind of handing it to Vanderbilt. They could have won that game. They could have easily won that game. Um, but I think it sucks for the integrity of this college world series as a whole. Now you'd really, you don't have a team that could have easily dethroned Vanderbilt. I mean, Vandy was playing for their lives and now they kind of just get a cakewalk to the college world series. I mean, it, it all seems kind of, it kind of seems like a seven inning, no hitter if we're being honest. Oh, there you go. Nice. Nice. That was a little not authentic. Yeah. And if Vanderbilt does end up winning, we could play the what if game. Oh, the what if game. The what so if game. To play. One of these days, we should just have a whole show, you know, related to the what if game in the history oh, of baseball. The what that. if. There's so many of them. So many. Uh, so many what if games. But yeah, NC State, tough break for them. Um, Trey Turner, or Carlos Rodon tweeted something, who's an alumni. Trey Turner, I believe, also tweeted something. So yeah. hate to see it. Uh, so that's what we'll wrap up. Um, yeah, we got to a lot of stuff today, so oh, yeah. good. it was a great show. Um, we'll have uh, guests coming up soon, uh, more banter shows coming up soon as well. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at RizzoCast. 
and I will put that in the description below. Um, on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.